0: today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh.
1: One of the most chilling verses in all of Scripture is James chapter 4, the second part of verse 2. James writes, you have not because you ask not. In other words, here's all of these things that were available to you that God would have gladly given to you Had you but asked, but you don't have that because you didn't ask for that.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. In light of COVID-19, Pastor J.D. is sharing some special messages. Some people think that no matter what we do, God will do what he wants to do. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that God has promised to give us anything we ask for, so long as it's for our good and His glory. Don't be afraid to cry out to God. He knows your heart, but He wants your prayers. Ask of Him something only He can do. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth podcast iphone or android mobile app now here's pastor jd in the book of first john chapter five as he begins his message simply pray
1: i want to talk with you about something so simple yet so powerful that it can change our lives at a time of global crisis in our lives as i spent time seeking the Lord concerning tonight's teaching, it became abundantly clear. I mean, sometimes it's not so clear, but this was one of those times that the Lord made it very clear (laughs) in no uncertain terms that the topic was to be that of prayer. And I chose this title, Simply Pray for a Reason. And it's because we've made prayer so complicated, so much so that we don't even pray. Simply put, prayer is simply talking to the Lord. It's talking to God who loves us so much, more than we could ever even begin to imagine. And He wants to hear from us. I'm convinced that God actually likes to hear our voice. It's kind of like as earthly parents when our children were small, and I mean they're so adorable, and you wanted to hear their voice, and you would do things to get them to make noise, just so you could hear their voice, even if it was a noise, a joyful noise. For me personally, My prayer life totally changed when I came to the realization that prayer was a get to and not a got to. I kind of tended towards this legalism of sorts when it came to prayer. And for me, for much of my Christian life, regrettably, prayer was always a chore. It was, you know, I need to pray. I better, I better pray. I need to pray more. And it was only when the Lord just got a hold of me and ministered to me that I don't want it to be like that. And the way he did it was, as only God can, it was by way of my own parenting as an earthly father and it was in this sense of having your children say something to you to the effect of oh i need to spend more time with you oh i i got i got to talk with you and it's almost like <laughs> don't bother i don't want it to be like that i mean you got to no how about it being a get to. I, I, I don't want you to unless you want to. I want to have that fellowship with you, that intimacy with you, but it's not a got to. You don't got to. You get to. You know, I had a conversation with my son who's in uh, California. Lord willing, in fact I appreciate your prayers, they canceled his flight. So we had to rebook him on another airline. So he comes home for the summer. So we're talking on the phone and he made this comment to me. I, I, this, is, this is what I love about this kid. I mean, what a great kid. He, he says to me, he says, you know, Baba, um, I love being able to talk to you. And I, I don't take that for granted because I know there are a lot of people that would love to be able to talk with you. And I'm your son, and I get to talk to you for as long as I want. And how many people would just love to be able to, you know, have a phone conversation with you. And because I'm your son, I get to. And it's kind of like, oh, just, you know, stop. <laughs> it was so precious. It was one of those moments where it was like the Holy Spirit was saying, well, that's what it's like with me. That's, that's what it's like with me. So prayer is a get to, not a got to. And not only is prayer a get to and not a got to, I get to ask God for anything. And if it's for my good and His glory, then I will receive whatever it is that I ask for. I can ask Him for anything. Listen to what John wrote in his first epistle, chapter 5 verses 14 and 15. He says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything, and here's the qualifier, according to His will, He hears us. And, If we know that He hears us, and He does, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. Whatever it is, that's our confidence. We can confidently approach Him. And this is what the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 4, verse 16. He says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, not arrogance, confidence, not in ourselves, in Him. There's this holy boldness, this sanctified confidence, if you will, that we approach the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, one would think that with verses like these and the many, many others like them, that we would confidently and continually avail ourselves of this thing that we call prayer. Truth be known, we don't. And as such, our prayerlessness is to our own peril one of the most chilling verses in all of Scripture is James chapter 4 the second part of verse 2 James writes you have not because you ask not in other words here's all of these things that were available to you that God would have gladly given to you had you but asked but you don't have that because you didn't ask for that. Even when we do ask, there's still a problem. And the problem is that we won't ask for anything that we don't truly believe in our hearts that God would actually give us. Let me explain. We pray too low and too small to the Most High God who is able to do the impossible, to do anything, if we would but believe. Just believe. So the question is, why don't we confidently approach God's throne of grace and boldly ask Him for anything? as preposterous as it might seem, as audacious as it might seem. I believe the reason is because we don't fully grasp who it is that we actually have unfettered access to. I mean we're talking about the Creator of the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is, and I can come to Him at any time and ask Him for anything. Yeah. You know, (laughs) Dallas, you've heard it said, it's not so much what you know, it's who you know. And certainly this bears true with prayer. I want to share with you an interesting story that's told of Alexander the Great, well known for conquering the entire known world of his time. What's not so well known is that he was actually compassionate towards his people. As the story goes, he would set aside one day a year, and he called it compassionate day in which he would randomly select people from across the kingdom and allow them to ask the king for a special request that he would grant, whatever it was. What's so interesting is that most people would only ask for such things as food, clothes, money, for medicine, and the like. That is, until one particular year when a peasant requested that he be given a large palace with a large banquet hall, so he could host large meals for all of his friends. To the astonishment of all present that day, Alexander granted his request. When the king's man asked him why he would grant this man's extravagant request, Alexander the Great told them that all the people were only asking for mundane things that they could just ask anyone for. They don't need a king to give them such things. Anyone With extra goods could do that. But a king? For the first time, this man has made me feel like the king I am, for only a king could grant such a request. You know where I'm going with this, right? Here we have the king of kings, (laughs) who loves us so much, Every good and perfect gift, James says, comes from above. Imagine in your mind's eye this loving God who desires to give us anything, withhold nothing, as extravagant as it might be, and it's there for the asking. And He just waits with the whole of the heavenly host. And we just don't ask. Or if we do ask, we ask for, well, God bless this, bless that. There's that humorous story, fictional of course, where you have God there seated on the throne waiting for us to pray. And here I come getting ready to pray. God gets on standby, the whole of the heavenly host, Gabriel, Michael, get ready, J.D.'s about to pray. Whatever he asks, if it's according to my will, if it's for His good and my glory, get right down there and give it to him. So here he comes. Shh, everybody quiet. He's getting ready to pray. So here I come. Here's J.D.'s prayers, And then I pray, Lord, bless this meal. And God's like, never mind as you were (laughs) dismissed. Go back to what you were doing. It's just another meal prayer. Send the intern, the new guy, bless the food. Here's the Lord waiting with everything that we need, and the willingness to give us whatever we ask, if it's according to His will. And It's there for the asking. One of the things I'm learning about my own prayer life personally is that God will oftentimes deem it necessary to bring me to the end of myself. It's when I come to the end of myself, the end of my resources in the realm of the natural, that I turn to Him in the supernatural. It's only when I realize that for me the situation is so hopeless, so impossible, it's only then that I'll go to the Lord as the only one that can do the impossible. When Jesus was asked about the impossibility of anyone being saved, his response in Matthew nineteen twenty six was, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. When Mary questioned the angel of the Lord who told her that she would give birth as a virgin to the Savior of the world, he told her in Luke 1, with God nothing no thing will be impossible in genesis 18 we have that well known account of when sarah laughed after abraham was told that she would give birth to a son at 90 years of age well past childbearing age in genesis 18:14 abraham is asked this rhetorical question of, is anything too hard for the Lord? One of my favorite examples of an impossible situation, and I mean it was so impossible, it was so perilous, there was no hope. It's in 2nd Chronicles 20 and it has to do with King Jehoshaphat. I want to sort of set the stage and then I want to read verses 5 through 17. So the Israelites are now up against this great horde, this allied army now that is all around them. They are outnumbered the odds against them. There is absolutely, barring a miracle from the God of miracles, there is absolutely no hope that they will ever emerge victorious. So what does King Jehoshaphat do? To his credit, he cries out to the Lord. He prays, he he seeks the Lord. We, we read in the chapter that he actually, after he hears from the Lord, he's on his face before the Lord. Let's pick it up in verse 5. It says, Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, at the temple of the Lord, in front of the new courtyard, and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God? Did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment, or get this, plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name, and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. By the way, parenthetically, let me say there is absolutely nothing wrong and really everything right with reminding God of the promises that He has given us in His Word. This is what Jehoshaphat is doing. He's reminding God, as if to say, again, this is bold confidence, as he's crying out to God, approaching God at the temple, the throne of grace, if you prefer, and he's reminding God, God, You gave us Your Word you gave our forefathers your word, that whenever we were up against what we're up against right now, war, sword, plague, or famine, that we could come to you and cry out to you, and you would hear us, and you would save us. Nothing wrong with that. But now, Jehoshaphat continues, here are men from Ammon Moab and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. It's not like fat needed to let God know and and remind God as if God wasn't seeing what was going on. Of course he saw what was going on. And he's actually recounting this uh, time when the Israelites in the Exodus uh, went around the uh, area known as Moab and Mount Seir. And now this is how they, and they, they could have, but they didn't because God told them not to. They could have destroyed them but they didn't. And now Jehoshaphat is going, this is how they repay us? Our God, verse 12, will you not judge them? And then he says this, and I want you to pay particular attention to not just what he says, but how he says what he says. He says, for we have no power. In other words, we are powerless. We are hopeless. There is no hope to face this vast army that is attacking us. And then he says this, We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Dare I say this is music to the ears of Almighty God? Wait a minute. What what did you just say? What did you just pray? Did you just say that you are powerless? Perfect.
0: Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor J.D. at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast east prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in inspiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at com. That's office at com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor JD and our church staff in your prayers. Asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth.